Like they literally, they sat down and they were like, you know, what we should do is we should write a song about having a good time. And the other guys in the band were like, yeah, man. Yeah. And it was like, how about a song about having a good time on one night? And they're like, who's writing that song? There's like 500,000 songs about this topic. And they managed to hit it. I love it. How do we bring in uh, Jewish people at the same right, time? Totally. They're Wait. like, they're like, hold on, hold on, raise a glass. And they're like, okay, yeah, I can agree yeah. with that. And they're like, but that's not enough. No. And then from the back, probably presumably Fergie. How about Mazeltov? And there's like, oh, <laughs> come on now. 50 years of music with 50-year-old white guys. Simon, are you in a, a treehouse in California? <laughs> I'm on are you the, saving yeah. the forest? I'm in the, the outdoor stairwell of the arts department because I don't have an office. And we are, <laughs> yes, we are recording mid-afternoon. During Woo! The work, so. Woo! Well, welcome. Crazy to, business. Welcome to 2009, uh, 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys. We're part of the Drive-In Podcast Network. Ben Barton, how are things in Knoxville, Tennessee presently? We are hanging in there, man. We're totally hanging in it. there. All right. Well, we uh, we are here to cover music. But first, uh, Jeff Simons, Jay Tandon says hello. Hey, I, I talked to him today. Apparently, a buddy of his was listening to Rich Price's podcast, podcast heard you and then started checking out our podcast. And then uh, at one point, I, I mentioned Jay Tandon rolling out of a car outside the Guinness factory. And he's like, wait a minute. I know Jay Tandon. Oh, right. So now, now Jay's a fan of the show. Synergy, baby. That's, that's why. Right. That's why I do the guest perform appearances here and there because I'm just bringing it all back to the to the 50 years. Well, ben, by the way, I, Tim, my plan, uh-huh. my unannounced plan for when we finish, we're really close. Uh, 2009. We're 11 yeah. weeks away from uh, close. Dear God, you're right. Is we're gonna do some mailbag episodes, and then we're gonna do some guest episodes. We're gonna have okay. people to come in and be like, you know, do a little critique, tell us what we missed. It's gonna be gold. Okay, I'm so excited. Uh, this is when the uh, the production changes hands. This is great. This is gonna be oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really appreciate i love that we're allowed to bring in guests to yell at us about we got wrong but i'm not allowed to suggest authentic star reviews on it this is i (laughs) i don't want there's no rhyme or reason to the rules by the way whatever whatever ben is feeling in the moment first of all the stars are an algorithm that make us more popular i know Uh, listen you know i'm a lawyer if there's a system to be gamed that's my thing when people ungame the system for me i'm very mad at them (laughs) (laughs) Uh, all right. Well, we've got uh, the 2009. Let's go with the Grammy winner right out of the gate. And this is going to pick everyone's mood up. It's the Grammy winner. Single Ladies by Beyonce. Don't 
I do feel better right away. You do feel better, right? <laughs> That's great. I mean, this song sent her into the stratosphere. Already a huge star, already making her way. Um, is this, had she eclipsed Jay-Z in her career? That's really tough. I, she's definitely eclipsed Jay-Z recently, but I think it's too soon. I think that's too soon. That's not okay. It's not in 2009, right. you're saying? No. In my opinion, it's not in 2009. Basically, Jay-Z still has the Kanye Jay-Z record, which is like an all-time, that's one of the 20 best rap records ever made. Like, he's still, and also, well, I don't know. I mean, he's still central to everything. I'm not here to argue, believe me, um, when Formation comes out and, and the more recent right. stuff, she's just dunking all over. She's dunking all over everybody. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. I love that song. I love the clapping. I love the harmonies. Every time I hear it, I'm puzzled by that. Woot, 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 that weird sample of a video game noise. I don't understand yeah. why that's in there. It's a little jarring. Um, but I mean, it, otherwise, I love it. The clapping is so great. And also that big synthy bass that goes up instead of down, like and creates that whole minor yeah. disturbance. Like, yeah, super fun. All right. Well, let's get into 2009. Uh, gosh, I don't know what you remember from this year. We've got seven astronauts going into space. Do you know what they were going to do in space or what the plan was? They did it, actually. First of all, India Kikanan, my beloved wife, reports that she does not like the space report. She's anti-space. You are so NASA-focused. What what website are Seriously? you on? Seriously. It's like every year it's another <laughs> random NASA question. I don't know, man. Maybe they went to, like, some place to grow a thing, to do another you, thing. You, I they go to the moon. Like, seriously, like, by 2009, we're not doing anything interesting. You said I, you liked The Martian. You both liked The Martian. Come on. What I really liked was your colonoscopy. That was the A thing. <laughs> Listen, I was going to guess that they were procreating, but it's at seven is an no, awkward number for that guess, so I'm going to say no. They went up come to on. repair the Hubble Space Telescope, and they took succeeded. seven people to do? Seven people. You got a couple to fly. and. Dude, you know how it is. There's one person to fix it and six to hold the tools. <laughs> I was just going to say, that sounds like a joke from my childhood about other people. How many astronauts does it take to fix the Hubble telescope? <gasps> once once they unionized, it's all over. All right. Uh, swine flu becomes a pandemic. That was right. sad. <laughs> we can look back uh, wistfully toward the swine yeah. flu. Obama is inaugurated president. He also- I was there. Oh, where are you? You went. Oh, that's oh yeah, totally. It was uh, super fun uh -huh. and cold as hell and scary as hell. I bet. So basically we went up and I think we took my kids and one of my sister-in-law's kids. So one of my cousins. So I've got, I don't know, nine, eight, seven or 10, nine, eight. Right. That's me in India. And so you walk out to the mall and it was like, packed and super fun everybody was in a super good mood and they had speakers all the way to the back everything was great uh -huh. and the speech was amazing and i was thrilled it ends oh and it's, it's also it's cold as hell right it ends <laughs> and they have not planned there's like t twice as many people yeah. as they planned for and so it was a complete crap show getting out of there and at one point, so I got three little kids and my wife, and we we like you. It was like worse than being in the crunch at Bonnaroo. Like we couldn't move. Oh wow! Like we were completely penned in. There was no motion anywhere. 
You can imagine the kids were not super amped about this because they're small. <laughs> so you had to like yeah. lift them up. Like they're like their little heads are not everybody's knees all pressed together. Yeah, but they're kind of heavy at nine years old. Oh, yeah. dude. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> and, I mean, eventually, like it all worked out. And like they've got the pick, like definitely Dolly remembers it. I think George and I remember it too. Like they remember it for sure. So it was, a, it was worth doing. But that being said, it was a frightening experience. I bet. I bet. Yeah. D- DC down at the mall, especially if you're there late at night, there's nothing down there. Yeah. It's really fascinating. Um, yeah. It's also, it's never good weather. Like every time I've gone to the mall, I grew up in Annapolis, but every time sure. I went to the mall, it was either 106 or minus five. Like I, you said that was bitter cold. Like I don't have a memory of that area of the world uh-huh. that just bone crushing humidity or icy chill. <laughs> you know, like I just, yeah. It's so funny. All like, right. I, so constitutional amendment. Let's change the the voting day to April fifteenth, and uh, and then we inaugurate on June first. What do you say? And only people. Oh no, June first would be worse, man. It'd be a jillion June. degrees. Okay. Okay. Uh, May twenty fifth. You know, or Better. I don't know, May fifth. Yeah. Better. It's like two uh, days that are nice. Yeah. When the cherry blossoms bloom. Yeah, oh, we, yeah. We can do cherry blossom inauguration. We vote in November and we inaugurate in January. It's, that's not, it's not smart. But, dude, they used to inaugurate in March. Right. Yeah. They actually they, moved it up because it was like, what are we the, thinking here? The dead, no, they, the they, dead they, time. When, when they originally wrote it, they were like, it takes a long time for the Pony Express to get out there and tell us who won. <laughs> you know what I mean? We can't yeah. inaugurate right away. <laughs> um, all right. I've got. Um, a quibble with 2009 Obama also wins the Nobel Peace Prize too soon fair too soon yeah too I soon. agree I mean it's like he was won- lucky that he did it then because then after all the drone strikes was gonna yeah happen. he wasn't gonna win it at all I, I yeah. mean but it was almost like he won it uh in anticipation of something it was a lifetime achievement award for being born, basically. <laughs> yeah. It was totally true. There was the overcorrection. I mean, do you remember, like, you know who else is embarrassed about his reaction is Paul Krugman. Remember the day after the uh, election he wrote, and Reconstruction's over. Now we oh, live in a post-racial uh, America. You wrote that uh, whole, like, yeah. Whole, like, if you look that up now, you're just like, oh, man. Oh, you missed that. You missed that's that one, you Paul. Wanna, that's when you want to <laughs> have back, you know. Um, all right. We, um, we had the death of Michael Jackson. Is that 2009? Wow. It's 2009. Do you remember where you were, Jeff? Uh, I was probably eating a sandwich on the couch, but no, I don't remember. <laughs> I was not surprised. I did not receive Michael Jackson's death. What I remember is the next 72 hours, there was a dance party happening everywhere I looked. Michael right. Jackson was blaring out of, I mean, literally right. San Francisco, Berkeley, Oakland, like every street corner for the next three nights, Love everywhere. MJ was just people dancing like you couldn't drive anywhere it was that was kind of amazing um but also you know the there was this immediate honeymoon of like this was the music we grew up on and then it has become exceedingly more complicated to know what to do with your love of michael jackson's music but but i remember the i don't remember the moment i remember that just being being taken aback and then enjoying just the kind of celebrational quality that followed. Oh, it's funny you would say you weren't yeah. surprised. I, I guess it's wrong to say I was surprised, but it's still, I was still, I was still just gobsmacked. I just couldn't believe it. I just couldn't believe that that was how it ended for this guy. I mean, he had taken a long and winding road since like down from greatness and it had been a weird trip for sure. But I still sure. just couldn't believe it. I just couldn't yeah. believe that this was how it all ended for him. It just like, it just broke my heart for him and basically for like, being a massive star in the world. Like it's just, it's so, so, so toxic and unhealthy. It just, just destroyed him. Yeah. Yeah. 
not a healthy guy from the start, though, right? I mean, that the father was brutal to them. Yeah, but, uh, no, God. Yeah, but you didn't get the like when he when off the wall came out. You didn't get the sense that like this is a psychotic, like child molesting lunatic weirdo who's going to cut himself to pieces and and fling babies off of banisters and hotel rooms. Okay, like, he didn't. That all fling, happened post thriller. Fling the child thriller, though. and then bad and dangerous like that. I, I got I got to say when when the Cosby show cut away from the show to show the black or white video and the whole second three minutes was him dancing on that car with a panther grabbing his crotch. I mean, I was I watched that live and was like, this ends badly. I mean, I, I he ceased to exist to me as like a, a relatable human being at that point. And so it was a long time coming for me. The you know, it's you know, those last 17 years of Michael Jackson for me were like it was like watching the, the freak show at the circus. Like, yeah. So I, that's why I wasn't surprised. I just figured it was a matter of time. What's amazing yeah. to me is that Britney Spears is still alive. That, um, mm. I mean, some of those child stars that we try to do the same thing to, the fact that they're like Justin Bieber's still alive, that's way more surprising to me than Michael Jackson, but dying. Oh, dude, like, listen, and we'll get to this in one of my future picks, but Taylor Swift. Yeah. Alive yeah. and thriving and never, and went through all of this and has just come through on the other side. Great. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. Like, I guess there are less, like people learn the lessons from it. Yeah. Well, we, we had in 2009, the most striking. Life is hard, but finding a really great podcast makes the days go by so much easier. Hi, my name is Blue Tulusma. I'm a writer and emotional intelligence coach and the host of Humanize with Blue Tulusma, a podcast where we believe that when you humanize everyone in the room, a great conversation is almost guaranteed. Join us every week here on Electricast as me and my guest co-hosts unpack big topics and interview even bigger personalities with a sense of humor and a dash of mischief. If you're looking for a new best friend in your head, we've got you covered. Mansplating episode ever. When you Taylor mean besides Sw- dinner with you two? Hey! <laughs> Taylor Swift accepting her VMA award in 2009. And who uh, this pops- is I'm gonna let you finish. This That's is great. uh, this is Kanye jumping up just to clarify that Beyonce made the greatest video of all time. Ben I Martin, you're I- Kanye fan. What were you thinking in that moment? First of all, I thought it was hilarious. I am both a Kanye fan and a Taylor Swift fan, and I have no beef with this at all. (laughs) That's not, I mean, we're not, we're very low on the list of Kanye errors. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, like he is a, he's a Michael Jackson like figure who is in the middle of trying to work. He's in the middle of it. Yeah. He really Um, is. But he's also like in comparison, and we'll get to this later, but I mean, he's like a David Bowie figure to me. It's all performance art. That was Mm -hmm. performance art. All of this stuff is part of his art. Yep. I thought it was hilarious. I mean, I just didn't, it didn't bother me at all. Award shows are the stupidest thing. Like, <laughs> I did feel sad for Taylor because she wasn't in on the joke, but I mean, yeah. from his point of view, I wasn't mad at him. Yeah. But I actually, the way she handled it made me like her so much more. She just, oh yeah, totally. She just took one step to the left and it happened. She got her statue back. She's like, Kanye West, ladies and gentlemen. Like, <laughs> It was great because she won. Like, like, who cares? Who cares? Who cares about award shows? For God's sakes. I hate award shows. They get everything wrong. 
and uh, hey, hey. Show. Oh, should, should we treat an award show about award shows? We like, we make our bread and butter on the Grammys here. We're Jeff not Simons. an award <laughs> show. We are a critical, analytical podcast about music history and its context. We're not handing out little. We're not handing out fifties. By the way, it. all the single ladies is like one of the best ones we've had. Period. That's true. That's a top yeah. five Grammy winner, wouldn't you say? Yes. Yeah, so absolutely. Especially because it's the right song in the right year. Like that's yeah. actually sounded like, which they, they get catastrophically wrong. No, no, no. But part of the reason why is because it had all those fifties harmonies. Maybe. Don't you think? Yeah, maybe so. I, I, I don't know. I just think it's one of those undeniable sing along. Oh, I, listen, yeah. I'm not here to cr- criticize it. Killer. I'm yeah. just saying, why would that one be a hit? And not, Hey, yeah. And not yeah. the other I mean, like she had, there. we had a, a Beyonce number one overall hit a couple yep. of years ago that didn't yep. get a Grammy. So. That's true. This song's well, better than that, though, in my opinion. Oh, this song's a banger. Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, I can't I can't wait to hear what you think of our number one hit this year. And as a matter of fact, we will give it. Uh, I love the marketing department coming up with this new award. The 50s. Uh, the first 50s winner. The number number one hit of 2009. Black Eyed Peas. Oh. Which which one? The... <laughs> I got a feeling. Oh, the, yeah. Oh, ah, all right. <laughs> you all have right, to Jeff. play it, Jeff. You can't just. Well, oh, I'm just going to oh, grunt about it first. First of all, bit. I'll just go ahead and say. Chisley makes it easy to. I like the song. It's the number one hit. I got a feeling by Black Eyed Peas. Oh, I like this song. I like this yeah. song. Yeah, find what I want. Oh, man. When he says Mazel Tov, I'm like, oh, a call out to my people. I love this. Klezmer hip hop. Oh, totally. Oh. This takes forever to get started, too. I got a feeling that tonight's gonna be a good night. That tonight's gonna be a good night. That tonight's gonna be a good, good So let me just say this, like, this is a, <clears throat> but I think of that song in the same way I think of da 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 Hey! Da 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 Oh, yeah. That song was written to be played in timeouts. Like, right. that is, that's all it is. <laughs> like, it's just like, a, it's like the let's get ready to rumble guy or like the- Right, and, but you say that like that's bad. That's a genre that I really admire. <laughs> I was like, I only ever want to hear that for 30 seconds before. Like, Thunderstruck now is just like, and now introducing. Like, some songs just go right into the sports arena. I, but a song written to be that song is a little too meta. Like, oh, I so think I disagree. Have to accidentally find their way into that groove. And this one is just like, somebody needs to write the second quarter timeout song. And they <laughs> Got it. That's my, that's Dude, my, listen, this is like uh, the conversation that we had about the singer songwriter with the one guitar, how hard it is to write that song. It sounds right. like it's really easy, but it's in fact really hard. Do you know how hard it is? Like they literally, <laughs> they sat down and they were like, you know, what we should do is we should write a song about having a good time. And the other guys <laughs> in the band were like, yeah, man. Yeah. And then it was like, how about a song about having a good time on one night? And they're like, Who's written that song? There's like <laughs> 500,000 songs about this topic and they managed to hit it. I love it. 
How do we bring oh. in Jewish people at the same right. time? Totally. They're Wait. like, they're like, hold on, hold on, raise a glass, and they're like, okay, yeah, I can agree yeah. with that, and they're like, but that's not enough. No. And then from the back, probably presumably Fergie. How about Mazel Tov? And they're just like, oh, <laughs> come on now. Ah, uh, that's it. That's it. We got a hit. Oh, God. Number uh, one. Number right. one. Well, I will uh, I will tweet to you the uh, Jeff Tweedy version of that where he's just playing that intro forever on his guitar. And then that's pretty when, funny when he and says I have no idea if this is factually accurate. But my recollection is that their first hit was Let's Get It Started. Yes. But the right? original version of the album was Let's Get let's It. Get, let's Get Retarded. Also. Right. Which is now apparently I'm not allowed to say that word at all. But no. their first hit was Let's Get Retarded. No. And, yes. Oh, yes. yes. And then they wanted to use it for the NBA, but they were like, not okay. So they just were like, <laughs> let's get it started. Yeah, it's <laughs> so true. in the started. It's totally true. That's 100% accurate. And it's why this song is so noxious. So they were going to use... A, this is not an inclusive group. They've already like... Their first hit is exclusive of people who most need a good time and the smile. And they're like, first no, of no. All, they were trying to join that group. Yeah, right. <laughs> By getting high as hell. I feel uh, like you should so. give the cut them some slack. But All yeah, right. anyhow, the Black Eyed Peas, you know. All right. Moving on. <laughs> this is um, another Tim is a man of the people and I'm a angry old crone. I, so I've, I've got your impossible question for today. In 2009, Captain Phillips was uh, abducted by pirates on his tanker. And from April... 8th till April 12th, he was a hostage until uh, Navy SEALs killed the pirates who had abducted him. Did either of you see the movie? Well, now I, I don't have to. <laughs> no, I've never seen it. Uh, I everyone, thought it was good. Everyone knew the plot. I am the captain now. That's all yeah, I've seen. That's, that's great. It. It's a great moment. Um, also in 2009, Captain, what is his name? Sullinger? Sully Sully. Sullinger? Uh takes a hit from a, a flock of ducks and has to land his plane on the Hudson river. And they made a movie of that starring Tom Hanks. <laughs> so Tom Hanks has played two captains. Here's your impossible question. What is Tom Hanks's greatest role of all time? And which captain should he play next? Well, he just played Captain Kidd in the News of the World movie. He plays a Confederate captain who is post-war it, reading it, the news. It really is a captain? Yeah, he really is a captain. <laughs> Three so, captain movies. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Best role ever. Go. Bachelor Party, easily. <laughs> He's pretty great in Bachelor Party. He's the only good thing in that movie, so he definitely stands out. I, I cannot tell you how many times I have annoyed my children by saying, and the spice of the day is paprika. <laughs> they hate it when I do that. Uh, no, 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 uh, Castaway. That's the, that's the yeah. one. Yeah. He's that's really great in work. it. He's great in Castaway. Yeah, I, I keep forgetting to show my kids that movie. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get Castaway. I love how culture list. in your house is what you impose on your children. You have so much more control over your house than I do. I love how like, I'm going to make... I'm going to make my kids watch Castaway. You know how long that would last in my house? Like, <laughs> Oh, yeah, no way. Especially that movie. I mean, yeah. So you have to be more devious 
no, I just have no, I have no control and no insight. I'll say, you know, that this is good, and they're like, I'll take it under advisement, and it's gone. Like I have no, I like, I don't have any influence whatsoever. You're just listening to the podcast, hoping they'll come in the room and listen, and your wife's like, ugh, ugh, ugh. All right. Um, I would go with uh, Castaway's great. I also think he's really good uh, as Woody. He really. Those, he's really good as Woody in the Toy Story movies. I can't argue with What's that. His, what would you say is his worst movie? Because he, he's one of those rare guys who's pretty darn good over and over and over again. The, um, or Turner and Hooch is by bad. a mile. That's Thank a you. bad movie. Yep. First of all, the dog was fine. He sucked. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can, only, I, you can only react angrily to a dog so many times on camera. Um, and then uh, I thought Joe versus the Volcano was really boring. That's a bad oh yeah, and didn't wasn't he in the Money Pit? Also, that's another yes. one of your the okay. Tim references earlier. Okay. I love the Money Pit, and I oh, love Joe so versus bad. I love Joe versus the Volcano. I For love what? That movie. both of those movies yeah. suck, man. Those are great movies. I <laughs> this is when I need our fans uh, to come to my defense. Joe versus the Volcano is a classic. Uh, I won't hear otherwise. Okay. All right. Um, speaking of fans, uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much again for the reviews and the ratings. Uh, we appreciate it. If you want to go to iTunes and give us a review, please, please do. And, um, and I wanted to quickly reference two uh, written reviews that came in. Also, subscribe to us. Tweet us out. Our goal is 25,000 listens, and our goal is in jeopardy. Ben Barton, we got someone saying, big fan. I've told several friends and family to check this out. This podcast has banter, musical education, and great humor. The back and forth is super fun, and I love the different takes. And this is from Hey Nay Bill. Is, is that supposed to be different than Sing Along Bill? Is your father putting up multiple reviews <laughs> on iTunes? I think that's a different one. That's a different I'll guy. i ask him. Okay. Okay. That's awesome. And I hope it's him. I hope he has like, and it's always Bill at the end. Hop along, Bill. (laughs) Eating a sandwich, Bill. (laughs) First of all, my dad is so technologically advanced. He's created a bunch of cyber personalities that he can post. Uh, And this review says, great stuff, but really, Ben? And that's it? As an almost 50-year-old white guy myself, every week I look forward to the music, chatter, camaraderie, knowledge from these obviously good buddies. This week, however, I couldn't just let Ben get away with his thrashing of Wilco's Impossible Germany. I mean, really? <laughs> oh, Jeff signed out again, huh? <laughs> yeah. Who will be MIA 50 years from now? Not Wilco or that song, I tell you. That tune is transcendent and an all-time great Keep up the good work, Tim and Jeff. Oh, who is that from? That is from TBWLT. Yeah, that is a great take. I also disagree. (laughs) That is also my dad. My dad does not like Impossible Germany because he Uh has ears. <laughs> that is brilliant. All right. Ooh. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get to our three songs. Our three songs. I'll just go ahead and do it. Go. So we had the MIA. Thank you for the lead in to this. You bet. And at MIA, I mentioned that the producer of that song is Diplo. 
And so Diplo is born in Tupelo, Mississippi. He grows up in Miami. He goes to University of Central Florida. Then he goes to Temple. He's like studying film and getting into DJing. He becomes a medium-sized Philadelphia DJ. MIA walks into a club where he's playing, loves him, brings him to London. He starts producing with MIA. And the two records that he produces, the songs that he produces are really big, including Paper Planes is gigantic. So he's now launched his career. He's got a studio recording place in Philadelphia. He and Mr. Switch, the other DJ who did Paper Planes, decamp to Jamaica. And the obvious next move is to make a dance hall record. And that's what he does. And it's a dance hall record called uh, by a fake act called Major Laser, L-A-Z-E-R, that he creates. And he creates a whole goofy backstory. There's like a comic book about a Jamaican superhero. And it's a crazy, insane record that I love very, very much. Okay, so we've seen a little bit of producers making their own records, but basically it's like, there's this DJ Shadows, actually kind of the first one where you get this DJ mm. who really, really, really likes to layer different things on top. It's got a whole sound, but then decide to just start releasing stuff on their own and not just produce it. Um, Muramasa is a recent one. He's a London DJ. Jamie XXX is a London DJ. And they've all done this. They have their solo projects and frequently the solo projects are the best. And this record is insane. Like he's just got all these different things later on top of each other. He's got dance hall in the song that I'm going to pick. He's got surf guitar. He's got a cowboy beginning. He's got all these found noises. He's layering on top of each other. It's got a hilarious sense of humor. I love it. Jeff, I'm going to ask you for some help here. Okay. All right. So it's hold the line by major laser featuring Lex, Mr. Lex and Santa gold. And okay. I'll talk about Santa gold in a second. First, just this is the first song on the record. I've been paying attention. I love Paper Planes. I heard this guy's putting out a DJ record. I was like, whatever, I'll buy it. So I buy it. I put it on. Just play the first five seconds of the song. You got it. Hold the Line by Major Lazer. <laughs> So pause. So can you hear the clip clop coming? He's got like yeah. a little cowboy theme going. Yep. And I'm like, what in the app? Like, what is going on here? <laughs> DJ. Like, what is Sky doing? The cover has got this crazy cartoon art with a machine gun gun, huge ripped Jamaican guy. And I'm like, this guy has obviously lost his mind. All right. So I think it's like go to go to like 28 seconds. Ready? Yeah. So it's still going on. I'm like, what is this record? Just stop. <laughs> all right, then go ahead to 215. I'll talk for a second. Okay. So, you, first of all, that guitar part, the second I heard that guitar part, I was like, oh, like it just <laughs> hit me in the tickle spot so hard. <laughs> um, I'm sure, I, I'm going to imagine that you two agree with me. I really love surf guitar. Like I'm super okay. into that. Sound like, yep. It's just so freaking great. And that is, like, that's a sample from uh, the Ventures, right? Oh yeah, I mean, totally. It's not. That's not somebody doing surf. Oh guitar. no, that's I know. But I mean, like, yeah. like 
you're like, why are you, why don't all songs sound like that? And yeah. the reason why is it gets a little played, but then like mixing it up and bringing it together into this weird pastiche of things is just so, so, so good. The second I heard that I was like in, in, in sold, like the, whatever else is on this is great. I've, I've earned my money uh-huh. in the beginning of that song. All right, so then go to 215 and listen to all of how it builds. Oh, and Timmy, I'm doing you a favor. Oh. There's a bunch of Mr. Lex <laughs> verses. And so this is the actual Jamaican guy. You can't understand what the hell he's saying. <laughs> like, it's really hard. It is hilarious. Like, it's laugh out loud funny. But I'm going to give you the Santa Gold verse because you can understand what Santa Gold okay. says. Okay. Good, good, good. 215, I think, starts with the chorus. stop it that's great so do you hear all the weird samples in there there's like a Amazing. horse there's smooching there's a cash register there's breaking glass there's the, original the song is called song. hold the line and the actual song is about being on hold in jamaica that's it he's like <laughs> can call up and he's like hold the line and he's like hold the phone that's a record <laughs> uh, it's also one of the funniest videos of its of its year i mean the video is just Hilarious. I don't remember the video. It's in it. Oh, it's like the fake Saturday morning cartoon toys. Like it's kids playing with action figures in the sand. And it's like mad, decent, great action, sound. I mean, it's really, really <laughs> funny. It's really good. I loved it. I loved it. I don't, I mean, the first DJ I ever saw you guys made me go to um, at Bonner DJ Girl Talk. Oh, super yeah. fun. Um, if Give me, give me top five djs that i should listen to go well, i mean for me i like dj shadow girl talk this is not my genre i like um who's the guy cut chemist oh yeah uh cut chemist yeah and you know uh diplo and then uh I, you should ask somebody else beyond that but that's pretty good like all four of those they're they're worth like getting the records that they've made and listening to they're they're really compelling Okay, who yeah, would you recent have? ones, the, the, the yeah. first, it's M-U-R-A-M-A-S-A, Muramasa. His first record is great. Um, Jamie XXX, who's yep. like basically half of the band, the XX, created his own DJ act, and that, that record is great. The first Jamie okay. XX record is just fantastic. And with, with DJ records, I don't really sing along, right? Well, no. it depends. But I mean, this I mean, one, though, is just like the best version. Hold and this the line. Is my, my, my favorite, and I think Jeff will agree, is uh, is DJ Shadow. And it's yeah. because his palette's so large. You know what I mean? Like he's a weird jazz bow and he's an old 70s funk guy 
and he's the modern rap guy like and he's a okay. techno guy like he's got it all going yeah um but that being said the best version of it is like this where you have a person with a really good ear and they're like oh i like the i like surf guitar i like uh-huh. weird dance hall mumbling i like bass going boom 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 and then like and i'm gonna jam it all together and see what happens okay dude you just get this alchemy to it where you could never imagine that these sounds would go together and they just you just and it does yeah yep yeah 50 year old white guys this is what i need i need feedback like this to expand my palette um the other thing i like is when uh the djs will cut actual 45s back and forth against each other there's a two 60 minute mixtapes called product placement which is dj shadow and cut chemist bring crate loads of old 45 some of them are classic songs some of them are novelty singles and they just bang them off back and forth across each other for an hour those are hilarious listens they're so great because okay. they just because they're you know they you could tell they cannot wait to play these weird records they found for one another and then they figure <laughs> out a way to like keep them going back and forth it's really it's awesome all right diplo Right? That's who that was? Yeah, man. All right. So, I'm in. The, Thank you. Cool. Um, one of the things that's interesting here is we got, I'm going the exact opposite from Ben this this year. Okay. Both in terms of sound, but also like one of the things I love about Ben is he's, I think one of America's great uh, limitations right now with art is we're demanding that everybody be authentic about themselves all the time. Like we want art to be, here is my beating heart that I pulled out of my chest and showed to you. And like, if people invent a persona and they invent an idea, like we're very skeptical of it. There's this level of like, I want the authentic, like real thing. If it didn't really happen to you, I don't want to know. And I mean, the fiction quality of art is sometimes the way an artist gets one degree of separation to get the truth out and Hmm. uh so i love that ben is continually like like major laser is no different than ziggy stardust was in 1972 like bowie needed to create an alternative persona to get the music that he wanted out because it would you know you know what i mean like oh um, totally and actually dude i meant to say this that so a lot of people credit Drake with this. Like there's a lot of mining of Caribbean beats and Caribbean sounds into top 40 sounds in the U S and all over the world. Yeah. And this is actually a very early version of it. And there's a bunch of people who are mad. They're like, this is a cultural appropriation. You yeah. still dance all music. Um, and wow. on the huh. one hand, I have some medium sympathy to that. But on the other hand, I'm like, you know how where dance hall was popular Jamaica. Would you rather be popular in Jamaica or L.A.? You know yeah, I mean? man. <laughs> like, like, I promise you, it's not. Maybe it's not true for everybody in the, in the dance hall thing, but everybody who got on this record was thrilled. Like right. Santa goes on this record is one of the first Santa Go records that helps launch her. Yeah, right. It's a really good. And point. also, like, do you think Bob Marley had any problem with Eric Clapton's version of "I Shot the Sheriff"? He was right. very. I know. Happy. I mean, but people very, now very feel happy. really differently about it. But I, com- yeah. I completely agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, I feel differently about it now that Eric Clapton made that song about lockdown with Van Morrison. That was maybe the worst song <laughs> I've ever heard. When we get to that, when we get to this year, we have to we have to take a time out and, and, uh, and play that. Uh, and anyway. bury Van Morrison again. <laughs> <laughs> my my 2009 <laughs> my 2009 song is one of my all time favorite bands. It is my favorite song. Um, probably maybe second favorite by my by this band. Um, this is an English band. Uh, that uh, came to prominence in 2000 and 1998, they put out their first record um, and they were an instant critical sensation. They won the Mercury prize for best album. It was their debut record. Um, and uh, everybody was like, okay, here we go. Here's the next big 
thing. We're going to transition from Britpop, from the Blur Oasis Supergrass thing, into this kind of new, kind of the, the British version of the band. Like six guys, they can all play. The song comes first. Right. Absolutely never hit in the United States. Never found a toehold. One is song. This, is this Gomez? Song, yes, it is. Oh. One song scraped the bottom of the top 200. Um, by 2009, they are a total niche band. Like, you're, if you're a fan, you're a huge fan. And if you're not a fan, you have no idea who the hell they are. Um, but this song is great. Uh, it's a great introduction to them. If you don't like this song, there's absolutely no reason to dig in. But Gomez, <laughs> is, uh, Gomez is a great band because they have three different writers. All three of them can sing really well. So each record has a lot of different personality in it. Like there's a really gravelly sing yeah. guy named Ben Ottawell and then his, his partner Ian Ball. And then there's a third guitarist who sings half the songs. And they each have a slightly different uh, take on how they write songs, but they are deeply connected to one another. So it has the variety, but there's a through line. Um, they haven't made a bad record. Um, and this is not one of their best, but this song is just an undeniable banger. Um, Gomez is also going to always be a special place like in my heart, because this is uh, this is my wife and I. This is the band. Yay. We, All right. When we first got together, we saw Gomez and we went and saw him five more times. She was a fan before uh, I met her. Like, this is one of the bands we bonded on. Like, I think on our first date, like we were talking about Gomez records. So, um so uh, there's also just that for me. Some bands just are the soundtrack of your life and just make you smile when you first hear them. So yeah. this song's called Airstream Driver from Gomez in 2009. Okay. Airstream Driver by Gomez. sub bass too you know like they, there's some nice modern touches without losing the kind of rock and roll grit so well you're right when they when they broke was it 98 that you said that they break yeah 98 99 i mean yeah. that, those first two albums were just awesome and i was like oh these guys are it and um you're right it didn't nope. it didn't work out yeah and it's i it's, in the way i thought i mean they didn't have the hit single they needed the hit single then they never wrote it but uh, i mean they're an incredible live record of live band and they they were huge in some cities like when they would play san francisco they'd play five nights in a row at the fillmore they'd also oh, wow. 45 minutes like 
there were there were these little pockets where they were enormous and uh and then in other places like these you know they couldn't get arrested but uh, uh but they're worth checking out they are kind of a lost great rock band from the from the 2000s and it, they're kind of like in hibernation like they toured last year but there hasn't been a new record in 10 years and uh, uh it appears to me as if they're now a uh they will you know reunite for the occasional show but they're done making music which is too uh, bad but um ben do you like gomez oh i do yeah that i i i like that song too that's not my favorite my favorite is either shot shot or these three sins those are um, both fantastic but awesome. I, I really really like that the, here's what i one thing i really like is like it starts out with a really like metal edged guitar part yeah and uh-huh. then they come in with the beautiful high-pitched harmony and you're like whoa hey like it's like like they, they jam <laughs> a lot of different things together um I've seen them twice at Bonnaroo. I saw them in 2006 at Bonnaroo and 2009 at Bonnaroo. And they're great. They were super, super terrific live act. And it's weird. I mean, I guess I didn't know them in the earlier period. I never experienced them as less popular than they should be. I experienced them as, you know, like, like you know, a borderline cult, but a little bigger rock yeah, act. I mean, they, right. they, they drew great crowds at Bonnaroo. People were yeah. really into it. Oh, well, good. I feel like, I feel like fan, people who love music love that band. Like, you know, like the Bonner is the perfect place for Gomez to go play because everyone's does their homework before they come and knows like, oh, these guys, these guys are going to bring it, you know? Well, they, they uh, like, I mean, they should have been as big as band. Like, I think of them as, as having deserving of a career, like a guy like Ben Harper, who like plays a certain kind of throwback, soulful rock and roll. He's good sounds, Sonics, but Ben Harper is 20 times bigger than Gomez. That's because they're a lot weirder than Ben Harper. Yeah, Harper's just a straight They're ahead, blue, like a straight ahead yeah. retro blues act. But I mean, but they, I mean, they, but the Wisenborn is a, is a tricky instrument and it's demanding. I mean, there's a there's an edge to Ben Harper. Oh no, I'm not anti. I actually, I, there's a half dozen Ben Harper songs I will ride for for sure. Yeah, I okay. like him. I'm just saying it's less challenging music than this music. Yeah, maybe you're right. Yeah, okay. So, uh, but yeah, Arctic, Gomez is like the British Wilco. You know, I was gonna say that. I mean, Arctic Monkeys got a lot bigger, right? Yeah, oh yeah. And then so, well, they're both coming out at the same time. What what differentiates them? Why does no, one Arctic make monkeys? It? I mean, Arctic they're monkeys is more this year, but they've been they were ten. I mean, they started ten years before Arctic monkeys, and also Arctic monkeys. That first record was a straight throwback, you know, clash punk, punk rock yeah. record with a thicker accent, and was freaking hilarious. And then they <laughs> they like they're unlike. I mean, Gomez has got a half dozen good records and they've got 25 good songs and arctic monkeys in my opinion has one good record and then they just really didn't follow up on it. well i do not you know it's funny because they get bigger and bigger and i think they get worse and worse like oh, i don't totally. get that i don't get it at all i mean like yeah. and that's a band for a throwback guy who's looking for rock music like they get thrown up to me all the time like you must be a huge fan i'm like mm. i mean i just am not like they got less and less like they got less and less vibrant you know, oh, but you must like that first record, right? Oh yeah, the first record, hilarious! I loved it. I bet you look good on the dance floor. Dance floor is a freaking bang. I almost that's, got a, I almost got a speeding ticket because of that song. I, that's two thousand five. Uh, I bet you look good on the dance floor. That's a great yeah. song. And then what's the one that's um, uh, you're in line and you swap jumpers to make another move? What's that song? You know what I'm talking know. about? I don't, I don't know. know. Um, Hold on, I'm going to figure that out. All right. How often do you guys, uh, or did you, go to music shows all by yourself? No one else went with you. Oh, I, I went, you know, pretty often. I mean, especially 
when I'm when I play in a band, I'm usually the only one who's come to see me. That doesn't count, <laughs> Jeff Simons. I go, I go, not not. I mean, I go pretty often by myself. Ben, what about you? Uh, I've gone occasionally. I mean, if honor you go all the time. Like that's yeah. just the thing that you do. You just right. wander to one place to see another yeah. thing, and then go see another thing. Um, it's relatively rare for me to go to an actual like venue in town by myself. Well, when Gomez came to Asheville, so this must have been around 2009, uh, I was very excited, and I went to my beloved wife and said, "Would you want to go see Gomez? Gomez with me?" And she declined, and I went by myself because I love Gomez, and um, at the Orange Peel in Asheville, North Carolina, I realized just how not unique I am because <laughs> it was me and a whole bunch of 40-year-old guys. It was, it was the precursor to the 50-year-old, 50 years of music with 50-year-old white guys. It was oh, definitely. Our, our demographic was, is right yeah, in there. Yeah. Oh, man. It was, it was that Spider-Man meme, just me pointing at the same guy all night long. This is how big a Gomez fan Suze is. Uh, uh -huh. One of the things I love that Gomez does is they send the sound guy out during the show to hand out bootleg CDs of previous shows just to spread the word. Oh, fun. And my wife's been handed bootleg CDs twice by the sound hey guy now. at two nice. different shows. Hey she's now. Singing, she's one of the like seven women singing the <laughs> yeah, words exactly. out loud. Exactly. And they're like, give her, give her the CDs. I found her. I found her. <laughs> All right. Uh, ben, are you still looking for that song title? From the Ritz to the Rubble. Oh, yeah, so, that's it. That song's so great. <laughs> that's really funny. All right. Uh, it's possible I am going to get shanked uh, for tonight's pick. I'm a little nervous given what happened last week. Um, I just want you to know it's my birthday tomorrow. So I will be joining you uh, at, at 51. So Very exciting. Let's be nice. I wish I could fly in and surprise you like usual, but there's... oh, that would have been nice. Yeah, it is not happening. I'll warn you in advance. <laughs> so, I am gonna go with a song that came to me through a 2017 movie called Three Billboards in Evan, Missouri. Did either of you see that movie? No, I think I did. Is that the um, Francis McDormand? Yeah. Yes. I did not see it, but I am aware of it. Okay. So uh, it, it debuted uh, at the Austin Film Festival, and I, I was there um, at the screenwriting conference. And, and nice. you know, I just know that there are artists who are like, oh, you know, I could write that, or, or I could uh, have done that. And I, I'm sure you, you guys have that as well, Ben, with your writing, or Jeff, with your playing like certain artists that you think, darn it, I could have done that. Well, I just know that I could never do um, what Martin McDonough does when he writes a play or when he writes a screenplay. And Three Billboards was just awesome. And the way he used this song was really moving. It is called His Master's Voice by Monsters of Folk. His Master's Voice by Monsters of Folk.
Jesus calling They job tonight Rewrite the Bible For a whole new generation Of non-believers The pastor screams out to the crowd There's evil must be put down and it touches the soldier boy he heeds his master's voice his life is calm alright it seems one note it seems really slow seems like a guy with a guitar let me have it go ahead What's well, the guy from uh, my morning jacket, right? This is the Jim, Jim James. James. Yeah, it is. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm surprised it's your choice because like la- I quote you two weeks ago. I like a song that goes somewhere. This song <laughs> starts and then it picks up and it takes me somewhere and I want to go on a trip like oh, a week after week after week. You want your song to tell you a story, take you on a journey to go go from point A to point B, g- give you a shot in the arm. Yeah. And this is a this is an ostinato. What's what's interesting is I, I'm coming at it from a movie. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Jeff, that was a very dismissive. <laughs> well, I don't know what that, what that means. <laughs> coming at it. Yes. I, I'm coming at it. I'm coming at it from a bowl of breakfast cereal. Like, what do you mean? Like, you mean you <laughs> brought back to the movie when you hear it? I think so. Yeah. So you don't like the song. You like the movie that you heard it in. And so what this song does is let you revisit the movie that you liked. <laughs> First of all, that got a little aggressive, Jeff. Oh, I'm trying. I feel like you need to turn it down. You're the lawyer. No, I'm just saying you had a little edge after that your was, that it didn't get any nicer. That was the most that was the most aggressive therapy I've ever been to, right there. Look, we're running out of time. I'm just trying to help you get better. <laughs> I don't I don't mind that song at all. I mean, I you know I find some of my morning jackets one note long song, same thing for seven minutes. I get a little tired of it. Uh, yeah, I yeah. tend to like I like their up tempo songs that do that better than their down tempo songs. But I think that guy's voice is super cool and weird. And uh, that's a pretty melody. I got nothing against it. I don't know if I would seek it out over and over again. Maybe if the I'd have to check out. Yeah. The again, but You'd have to I be like, in a certain mood. Yeah, I like Jim Jams. I, we saw him at Bonnaroo. They were pretty solid. You know, like we should do a special thing on super groups. So yeah. sometimes, like I thought Traveling Wilburys, that first record really captured something in a bottle. And the, the people who came brought really, really A-plus material. Right. This is a super group in my opinion. I mean, like Connor Oberst is in this. And I, I like, particularly this this period of his career is really right. good. Yeah. Um, M. Okay. Ward is fine. M. Ward. Jim yeah. James. But the problem is that, you know, if you get a super group where everybody brings their B material. Yeah. You like the B High material. Women is an example of this, where it's just like, I, individually, I love all of those artists, but the records, it's not that great. Like they yeah, don't, yeah, it, there's no, like, they don't bring any extra sauce to it. Um, and that's my concern with this. Like this Do is you remember Jim that James band, by uh, himself. It's not, uh, he's not taking advantage of the, the, these other guys. That's true. And you remember that band Little Village that had uh, John Hyatt, Nick Lowe, Jim Keltner. It was like the wow. like indie rock super group. They made yeah. one record in 92. And it's just I, I tried so hard to like it because I liked all four guys. And it was exactly yeah. what Ben is saying. Like they, they didn't they forgot to bring tunes, you know. Well, yeah, they, they they kind of got together on the road doing different shows and started playing backstage together. But 
but perhaps never really committed uh, to, to kind of figuring out how they could best serve you each know other. What? Here's the thing. Like, if they want to make that record on the down low and like, hey, the four of us like each other and this is a record we made. I mean, like it, it's you could also make the argument that it's if the, we're at fault for expecting it to be anything other than four friends who made a record together. I mean, you know what I mean? Like there's well, also there's also that about it, like side projects for me. I I think a side project is sometimes necessary to get something out of your system so you can go back and recommit to your main thing. And if I'm a super fan, I want to hear what the tangential stuff is, but I also don't, I don't need or want to have to hold it to the same high standard as the other stuff. That makes sense. They could have put on masks like gorillas and yeah. just not given out their identity. That could have been cool. So gorillas is different though. Cause it's a guest star. Group. Yeah, you know, actually, Jeff, an example of a super group that I like is Sweet Remains. Yeah, there you go. Like I that, agree. that's a group of guys who got together and they actually wrote songs together and yeah. they sing together and they bring it. Like I they're committed. It. Yeah, the Sweet Remains. Go check them out. Look at that. And you know what we call that? Synergy. <laughs> we, uh, we end where yeah, we began. I love it. Oh, it's like we planned it. <laughs> like a script. All right. Sorry, uh, no Eugene Merman. Uh, but he is committed to coming on. He, he thinks 2011 is, is going to be his year. I don't know what song he has planned for us. Nice. But you all be ready. Go, go brush up on your Eugene Merman stand up. Um, I will tell you that whatever you guys pick for 2010, you are not right. I have more confident about my 2010 choice huh. than any choice up to this, this point. Wow. All yeah. right. I look forward to it. Great. Cannot yeah. wait. Gentlemen, be good. Okay. Oh, Timmy, you do the same, man. See you later. Bye. Hey, if you're having as much fun as we are, leave us a review on iTunes. Give us a rating on Spotify, iHeartRadio. Wherever you listen to podcasts, give us a shout. And then check us out on Twitter or at our Facebook page, 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys. Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Peter. We're the founders of Electrocast Media, bringing you great podcasts like Nightmare Road Stories, Tech Talk Revolution, and Bodacious Minds. Electrocast networks include Ruby for female empowerment, the best business network, and GPN for geopolitics. We built this company to create community and amplify diverse voices, and we really appreciate your support. So, keep listening to Electrocast Podcasts and hear the culture. Electrocast. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement. Inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on ElectroCast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. ElectroCast.